And I, I just went around and, and took a survey of, of filling lovers. It seemed like most of the ladies liked strawberry or raspberry. And the guys were leaning more heavily on custard or something like that. And uh, sometimes it really matters what's on the inside, right? I mean, how many of you ever gotten a donut that you thought had the filling in it that you liked and it wasn't, it was something else? <laughs> so it really does matter what's on the inside. And that's the same with people, isn't it? They can look right. We, in fact, we can, let, let me put it this way. We can look right, but not have the right things on the inside. Amen? And you will know until you, until you taste, test, or that you check out that situation. In the last few, uh, in the last, sorry, last week we started, I started a new series called The Fourth Man in the Fire. And that, I mean, I love that title. I mean, I, I, I thought of that and I said, wow, that, that really grabs us. Then I, I punched it in and there's, lo and behold, other people thought about that too. <laughs> the Fourth Man in the Fire, to know that I thought of it before I, uh, know that I thought of it before I even Googled it. And it, and it really comes down to, we're looking at the, the, the whole idea that God is with us in the fire. God is with us, uh, you know, in, in the situations and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I was thinking about that on the way in. Of course, I've thought about that a lot. The whole idea about God is with us no matter where we go. And, and, I, and I know sometimes that we don't think so. Yeah, right? Anybody like that? I mean, have you ever felt alone in this thing, this relationship with God that you're trying to live? Okay? I have. Yeah. And I find that, that God is there even when I don't feel him. See, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the rub. When we feel him or we feel something that we associate or attribute it to God, uh, we're okay, we're good, we're thinking God's with us. The truth is he's there even when we don't feel him or that we don't, in a sense, we don't, we don't sense him with, with all the things. And, and we, we understand this because if we just slip back into our own worldly relationships uh, of mom, dad, kids, and stuff like that. How many times, mom, have you hovered over your kid and they didn't even know you were there? You were watching. You were, you were watching like a hawk because they were getting ready to do something that was a little scary, either whether they were, they were a toddler and they were trying the steps for the first time, and you wanted them to do it, but you were there. You were there. You were ready to spring into action. Okay? They didn't even know you were there but you were there. And it's the same thing with us. God is there even when we don't feel him. Or, or Why? Why is it? Because he said he would be. Okay? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word won't, pa- won't, won't, won't pass away. That's what he says. And when he says that I will never leave you or forsake you, you can go to the bank on that. And you might say, well, you know, uh, well, I haven't lived a really great life this week, and so God probably just, he, it's like a, some of us have this idea that God and our relationships like this, this spinning door, you know, you, the one that you go to at the, the, at the airport or the bank, and, and the door is spinning. Uh, you know, if, if I'm doing the right kind of things, and I'm living the right kind of way, uh, at least in my own estimation, or uh, somehow God is with me, and... And when I'm not, then, he, ta- then he, he takes the lap out, and I'm on my own. 
I understand that sin does, has, a, has a way of separating us from God. But God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. How many of us know, and I have not even got to the scripture yet. You're, you're probably anxiously waiting for that, right? I'll get there. I'll get there. How many of us know? How many of us here live the Christian life perfectly? And Do I have any takers here? Okay, all right. Okay, so at what point in time in your imperfect, imperfect way of living for God does, check, does God check out? At what point does he check out? Tell me so I'll know. Or is it just, those are just the ruminations of your own. Say, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not a very good person. Well, that's true. We know that. In, every, in everything, when it comes to faith and relationship with God, yes, he, he, the Holy Spirit prompts us. The Word of God prompts us to live in a certain way and to live faithfully that way when we come to the table of the Lord on that, on that Sunday or whenever that is. It says, examine yourselves. The truth is we aren't worthy except that Jesus has made us so. It's all about faith. It's all about trust. It's all about God's promise to us. And so, um, when we talk about the fourth man of the fire, and this is entitled Inside and Out. Okay? Last week, I, I, I related to you from Hebrews 13. says that God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Boom. I mean, that's the period. there was a period at the end of that sentence. I will never leave you or forsake you. Is that comforting? Can you believe that? Can you believe when the fire is, is looking at your legs? Can you believe that he's still there? When difficult times come, can you, you, know, he, can you believe that what he said is true? I will never leave you or forsake you. We, we talked about that last week. Uh, God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And that's where this, this whole thing, the fourth man in the fire. He was there. Yeah. And the cool thing is, and I love the pa- this part about that passage, they, they, uh, as they were being confronted by Nebuchadnezzar, I believe it was, uh, and they said, unless you, you know, whenever you hear the, the sound of the trumpet, you've got to bow down and worship this, this image that I have raised up. Uh, interestingly enough, it looks a little bit like me, he says, you know. He didn't say it that way, okay. <laughs> and in God, and... And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego re- re- respond and replied, says, you know, God may not save us, but in any case, no matter, no matter how, to, how it goes, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, but it's there. No matter how this, thing, this next 15 minutes goes, or this next five minutes goes, we will know this, we will not bow down and, and worship another God. Okay? Powerful stuff. So, in his anger, he threw them in. The people who threw them in got burned up. They were just close to the fire. And then Nebuchadnezzar looked down and said, wait a second, didn't we throw three in? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full, sir. We threw three, three in. But there's a fourth one then there, and he looks like God, or the sons of God. Well, it was God. God is always there with us in the fire. He's always there with us no matter what, but he's there with us certainly in the fire. We could go on in that, but, but we, can, we can look, we relate through the, the New Testament, we find that, that God was with Stephen when he was stoned. Do you remember that? Now, Stephen died. Boy, but what a, what, how powerful it was. 
I mean, he's standing there, and the rocks are coming in, and no doubt knocking him around, and there's bruising, and he's dying, okay, he's dying. And he looks up, and he lifts his eyes, and he says, I see the Lord. I see him, and he's standing at the right hand of God the Father. I mean, wow, what a way to go out. See, see, uh, you know, I remember reading a book of uh, the book of Fox's Book of Martyrs, and they, they have that t- various various uh, testimonies of people who have died for their faith over the years. And this one guy, I mean, they were going to the stake, and I think it was during the Inquisition or something. And there's a brand new believer, and then there's this old guy that's been loving God for you know for a long time, and and this this is how it was written. He said, the the young guy says, "Look, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know, you know." I see all this going down. I, I don't know if I can handle this. And the old man said, look, I'll go first. Wangled his way to the front of the line. And he said, I'll give you a sign. Okay? As the flames were lapping up around him, you know, on the stake, tied to the stake, he lifted his hand out. <laughs> Signifying, God's in here with me. God's in here with me. <laughs> oh, I know. None of us want to be burned at the stake, and I'm at the front of that line too. I don't want that. But God said his grace is sufficient for us. Okay? Sufficient. Sufficient. Stephen saw that even as he died. Jonah, in his, in his uh, uh, <laughs> disobedience, found that even inside of a large fish, God was there. <laughs> even when he decided I'm going to make a concerted effort to run away from God to run away from his voice anybody ever feel like that from time to time you get so distressed and so discouraged or maybe so uh, foiled with your own lifestyle that you say maybe if I could just get away from God get away from his voice I would find peace and we find that he's still there and he was for Jonah Paul and Silas in prison. God was with him in prison, right? Middle of the night, shook the place. Talk about rocking the house. Joseph, when he was in Egypt, okay? I'm sure there were times when he said, I have no idea what you're doing, God. Okay? I have no idea what you're doing. But God was with him, Right? And worked his way and worked his will. It's a strange thing. Sometimes the things that we see or we think that we, we don't get. I'm serving God. How, does these, how do these things happen to me? I'm serving I'm trying with all of my heart, all of my mind. And yet, you know, the, this thing fell and this broke. And da, 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 da. God has a plan. God has a plan. And God is with you even in those things. The same is true here with Joseph. And, of course, he came around to where he got that. He understood that. Philip in Samaria, just a deacon, went down there and began to share the gospel. And all of a sudden, incredible power was unleashed for the Samaritans, those half-blooded, half-dogs, people that the Jews thought were just not worthy. God did a marvelous and magnificent work. And, of course, I mean, we could go on. I, I, but this one last one. David was, God was with David on the field of battle when he faced off with a very, very big man. I see. See, God's with us <laughs> in all circumstances. And could I say, God is with you right here and right now. 
And perhaps in every circumstance and in every situation, God is with you. Okay? Do you get that? Do you know that he'll never leave you or forsake you? I believe it's the, I, I, I don't remember, but if I go into the depths of hell, he is there. If I go to the top of the mountain, he's there. John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me uh, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened? What, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and, he, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father, Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Now these were the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. And consequently to us down through the ages. But the context was he was getting ready to leave. Okay? Getting ready to leave. And he said, I'll not leave you as orphans. It's not that I'm really going away. I'm going away, but I'll send another helper. Okay? And again, we're talking about the presence of God with us all the time. We're talking about the God who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And this represents, as we, if you look into the scriptures, this represents, you might say, a new, uh, uh, you might say a new context. A new, not only a new context, but a, uh, but a, but a bumped up or an elevated uh, connection between uh, the believers in Jesus and Jesus. A, a new intimacy, a new relationship, you know? In fact, one of and 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 one way to to describe this is he says, "You know him; he is with you, but he shall be in you." Now, think about uh, what that could mean. The differences that could mean. Now, it's articulated in this passage as to what some of that, uh, some uh, what those things, uh, what it would look like, what the experiences would be like. Okay. And let me, let me read another passage of Scripture, and then I'll, and then I'll, then I'll unpack some of this. because I, I won't unpack it all because there's so much here. You can do that. Acts 1. The, the first account I, th- I composed, Theopolis, about all that Jesus 
uh, began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up into heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many convincing proofs, appearing to, the, to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together and commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard it from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, Lord, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the, of, of the earth. Okay? Now, these are the th- the, both of these passages were pre-Pentecost, okay? Pentecost was a, was a celebration that took place uh, approximately 50 days after Passover, okay? And we see Jesus giving some instructions here, getting them prepared, very much like mom, uh, you would prepare your children when you were getting ready to go someplace, okay? Do this, do that, and, and remember this, and don't do that, and da-da-da, and be nice to your sister, those kind of things. Now, Jesus didn't say it that, quite that way. There were other things that he had in store for not only them, but for us. Something that they had never experienced before. Jesus had been with them, okay? And they had watched him. They had watched him do all of these incredible things. They had witnessed them. They had participated. When he sent them out as 12 and then sent 70 out, they came back saying, woohoo! Even the demons are subject to us. I'm not sure they said woohoo. But that was, their, that was their sentiment. That was their heart. If they were, if they were here in 2013, they would say woohoo. What a great deal. And Jesus said, okay, got it. But just rejoice that your names are written down in the the book of life. Just rejoice that you're part of this, that you're in, that you're one of my disciples, that you have received salvation. If if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Christ, I I encourage you with the strongest language. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another day. Give your heart. Give your life. Give your future to Jesus. Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and say, look, look, do with me what what you want. Do with me what you want. That's scary. For some it might be because I don't know what God's going to do with us. He's going to send me to Angola? And not the one one up on the throughway. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He's got a better plan than you could ever create for yourself. He's got a better plan for you and for me than we could ever create for ourselves. Can you believe that? How many of us know, know that to be true? I mean, we're talking about, can I talk to the gray hairs? Or the, the, the hair that should be gray? <laughs> Pastor, leave me alone. This is, okay. Could you, could you, looking back on, you might say, extensive years of living for Jesus, say with a surety that he had a better plan than I did? Yes. 
Hallelujah. Uh -huh. He had a better plan. It's worked out better than I could have ever created. In fact, in my own hands, I kind of fumbled and stumbled things around. But when I put my life in his hands, things changed. Things shifted. You'll never be sorry that you gave your life to Jesus. You'll never be sorry that you gave your life to Jesus. So if you've never done that, I want to impose upon you. I want to encourage you in the strongest of languages to give your life to Jesus today. Give your life to Jesus today. I said, God, yeah, I'm yours. Lock, stock, barrel. Yeah, here it is. Here it is, Lord. This is the receipt. I'm not taking it back. I belong to you. Do with me what you will. As I look at this passage of Scripture, and we, when we're talking about the fourth man of the fire, or better yet, God saying that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And we see this on the, you might say this is the day of Pentecost. This is a celebration of the day of Pentecost. We see the ramp up to the, the original day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. And you'll read about that in, in the second chapter of Acts. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, the disciples were all together in one place. And they were worshiping. They were, they were praying. And it says, there was an amazing sound. It sounded like a rushing wind. Now, I do remember earlier, as Jesus was preparing him, preparing the disciples, what did he do to them? I'm going to step back so I don't spit on anybody. <laughs> he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, what did we hear? The sound of a rushing mind. The breath of God was blowing in that place. See, it was God. It was God. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then some really strange things began to happen. They began to talk with languages that they didn't learn. Okay? Now, unless, unless, at first glance, you said, this is kind of strange and I don't get it. Okay? Many of us, and I'm speaking to you, most of you have heard my preaching, teaching, and you've been in this thing a long time, so you get it, that it's a prayer language, that there's tongues and interpretations for the, for the, the, con, the context in the, in the congregation. It's worship. Paul said, I, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Paul said that. Paul, okay? Paul. You want, to be a, you want to be a disciple? Peter, Peter, Peter did this. Paul did this. James did this. John did this. And five hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of believers, thousands, millions down through the ages. I had a friend. A friend. Uh, he was the pastor of Zion, uh, Zion Covenant Church. Uh, I liked him, but his congregation didn't. He was a friend of mine. And... Uh, <laughs> we would have coffee. I just loved his, his dry sense of humor. And in the context, when his congregation, when he and his congregation were kind of at odds, this was some years back, uh, we were having co coffee. He says, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a leave of absence, Bill. I'm going to go down to South Africa. I'm going to teach in the seminary there for six months, and then we're going to come back and figure out this thing. He, he comes back. I mean, I'm, 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 rooting, for, I'm rooting for this guy because I like him. I like having coffee with him. It doesn't matter what the, his church, whether they, they like him or not. I like him, so I enjoy being around him. So he's there, and, and we're sitting and having coffee. He's been in South Africa teaching. And he looked at me and he says, Bill, you've won. 
I said, what in the world are you talking about? He says, you've won. I said, I didn't know we had a fight. He said, <laughs> and, he said, and he said it this way. He says, it didn't matter. He says, it didn't matter what church I went into in South Africa. It didn't matter what sign was on the wall. It didn't matter what denomination or affiliation was. They were all Pentecostal. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. See, if, if you were around long enough, you remember the problems that were going on in South Africa. You remember the things that went on in Rwanda. You remember the things that went on in Angola. All of those places are being filled with the Holy Spirit. People have found themselves in a place where they can't, they can't lift themselves up, where there was horrific things. And what did they do? They ultimately turned to God. And when they turned to God, the Holy Spirit fell upon those nations and gave them the peace that, that, that economics, that, they, that, that, that social reform could not produce. And we wonder, we look at our own community, we look at our own nation, and we shake our heads. Maybe the best thing that could happen to our nation is for us to, to take a running dive into, in, into the pit so that man, men would turn, men and women would turn their heads and their hearts toward God, the only one who could save. It's not, that, it's, not the, the, it's not something that's popular. But if you're, if you're a student of history, you know, you know, What's in our hearts? You know how we are. We know, you know that we need sometimes a good, good spanking. And so the Holy Spirit came on that day, changed everything. And as we look at this and we think in in terms of, okay, I'm not alone in this world. Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another helper. And he, you know him, he was in you. He was with you, but he will be in you. Now, let me go through some of the things, just unpacking this. If you look at this passage, what Jesus is promising here is intimacy with God on an unparalleled level. Okay? He's offering, he, this, this has never, never happened on a massive scale before. Oh, we read about, we read about Elijah and Elisha. And the others who said, where is the God of Israel? And snapped that blanket and then the, the waters parted. I mean, we rejoice in that. But know this, don't, don't ever get the idea that, you, that they were closer or had more access to God than you do. He is just a whisper away, a prayer away. He's there already. Not only is he there, he is inside of you. He's off. This passage offers us, look, there's intimacy the helper is going to be given. He will, be, he will be inside of you. Now, there's one word I never really picked up before. And this is, I, I, I want you, your ears open. I want you, he said, forever. He said, forever. I'm giving you, he will be in you forever. Forever. You know, and I, and I mean, how many of us think, well, okay, we just, you know, it's like man, when, I'm, when I'm doing right, then God's with me, and when I'm not doing right, He's not with me. He said, forever. The Bible tells us that the gifts and the promises of God are without repentance. It's kind of an interesting way of saying God doesn't take it back. If He has spoken a word over you, and it's a true word, that exists in eternity. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have filled you with my spirit. Because you deserved it, 
goodness gracious, no. But because he first loved us. It's an act of love. It's a gift. You ever receive a gift you didn't deserve? I mean, actually, that's the definition of a gift. Anything you deserve, it's payment. This was a gift of God. So, okay, intimacy with God. The helper was given. He will be inside you forever. And then he says that I would be one with the Father and you and me and I and you. Now think about that. Jesus is, is one with his Father and Jesus is inside of us and we're inside of him. And so you see, you get the picture here? This is big stuff. We're not on the outside, we're on the inside. Yeah, you know, you, 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 you understand this? That this is, I mean, when I married my wife, a beautiful lady back there underneath the coat hangers, you know? <laughs> I think she's kind of making sure that she hovers <laughs> to make sure things are done right, you know? It's like, I'm hovering, yeah. When we got married, it was forever. At least until, until heaven. Then I'll probably want to hang out with her anyway. I don't know if she'll want to hang out with me by then, but I'm sure that I'm not going to change my mind. Intimacy. Intimacy with God. Oneness with the, with the Father and with Jesus. How about this? Internal guide and teacher. He says, he'll lead you into all truth. Hey, this is pretty cool. He's inside of me. It's not like a concordance that I can access. He's there. And then he reminds me of the things that God has said to me. See? This is pretty cool. And he doesn't take a vacation. He doesn't check out when you're not as good as, you know, uh, is Johnny a good boy today? No. He doesn't check out. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to preach a gospel that says it doesn't matter what you, what you do, you'll be safe forever. Know this. God guides you. If, if you read this passage, he does say, he's, he speaks about obedience. And that's part of the intimacy and part of the relationship. Okay? Intimacy. Internal guide and teacher. The other thing, and, and here's, here's, a, here's another point. He says, you'll be able to see and experience God even when the world can't. That's what he said. He said to his disciples, the world won't see me, but you will. Isn't that true now? They see circumstances, and they see uh, the, just, it just kind of happened and things like that. And, you know, it, 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 this is not new. Spiritual things are discerned and understood by the Spirit who is living and residing within you. Remember the guy I told you about? It was Sabbath day. His hand was wrinkled, just, just distorted, couldn't use it. And Jesus opened it, fixed it, healed it. And there were some people who said, Woohoo, God. Others said, Man, this guy's a troublemaker. We've got to decide how to kill him. I don't get that, except that he said they hate me because their deeds are evil and they don't, do not like the light. Be able to see and experience God even when the world 
world can. And here's a good one. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, but my peace I give to you. Okay? We have access to the peace of God. Now, I, like, I, could, I could spend a little bit of time on this, but, but, uh, but I, I, we want to do some other things. Peace of God. You have access to the peace of God. That's, that's a story in and of itself and how that works. But it's available to you. And finally, and certainly there's more in this, these passages than what I've... But more than in these passages than I'm, than I'm going to talk about today. But finally, it's his power to understand his word and his will. Okay? Enlightenment. Okay? Talk to a young man. Gave his heart to the Lord just recently. And I was praying with him. And uh, he said, man, all of a sudden it, it makes sense. I'm reading it and it makes sense. All of a sudden, it just, it, it just, it, 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 when I look at the Bible, I, I told him, says, read this, read this. I'm doing a one-on-one with one guy. He says, it makes sense. It gives me peace. It gives me strength. Okay? It's part of it. See? Today is the day of Pentecost. We celebrate that. We're people who believe in the Bible. Just as it's written. Believe that. We believe that God still exists and lives today. That he sends his spirit upon his people to help them, not only for these things and all of these things. There's the witness. It's the power. It's the living for him. It's hearing and experiencing him. All of those things. If you read this passage, these passages of Scripture, know this, that the context was, I'm getting ready to go away, and I want to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It says, John, remember, he said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And that's what happened. Now, if you read on through the book of Acts, you'll find that this happened over and over and over. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was 20. It was 1974. And I was in a coffee shop. I'd been going to a, a church like this, and the pastor, he was just a, he's a tough old bird. Loving guy, and, and but you know, and and they talked about it. Says, and at that point in time in my life, I wasn't really hugely theological. I was just like, whatever you want to give me, God, I want. You know, I didn't have this 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 prideful thing of of, of saying, you know, I'm going to look funny when I'm doing that, or what will my friends think? I, I didn't have that. I I'd, I'd kind of given up the world. I'd kind of gotten so tired of sin that I was ready for whatever God wanted. Yeah? How many of us know that's a good place? How many of us know that God fills and he blesses those of us who are simply come to him as a child? Didn't he say that? Yeah, so it tells me that, that, when, we, that when we get real smart and we get full of ourselves... You know, and those are, those are, that's my terminology. God can't do anything with that or doesn't do anything with that. It's when we pre- present ourselves, what's Romans say? Present yourself as a living sacrifice. Over and over and over, I see uh, the, 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 you might say the, the childlike faith 
the ones that will humble themselves and say, God, whatever you want in my life, I want. If I come out of this, pulp, uh, this, 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 this church speaking tongues, if I, you know, if I just, it my, it's true. Some of your friends will think you have flipped. But he also said, he who loves mother more than me, father more than me, friends more than me, is not worthy of me. Humility. Humility. Just receive. Say, God, I want what you have for me. I want what you have for me. I want what you have for me. It's in the Bible. It's there. I want what you have for me. Many of us say, well, I, we want other gifts. Well, that's because, that may, they, that may be because it scares you. As, you don't want that gift. That's too weird for you. Or you're afraid of what God will do for you. Or you, you're afraid of how people will look at you as one of those holy rollers. <laughs> I remember, I've told you about this before. Go ahead and play and, and let's, let's, as I speak to the congregation. I remember we lived out in, out in a place called Millville. Anybody ever heard of a Millville? There are Millvilles, right? <laughs> yeah. Rob knows right where it is, right? And there was a church out the back, back way, you know, and we could hear their music. And we, and we asked our mother, so what is that? And she said, that's one of those holy roller churches. And we kind of made fun of them, yeah, because we didn't understand. We didn't understand the joy. We didn't understand the joy. Joy for us was having pizza on Friday night, okay? Joy for us was the right TV program on. Joy for us was when mom and dad decided to take us to Lissardsville, which was an amusement park, okay? Like going to Darien Lake. That was joy for us. We didn't understand the joy that was emanating from those very, very plain, regular people. Earlier, Debbie said, look, just try it. Raise your hands. It's an act of surrender. It's also an act of humility. Humility always moves God's hands. Did you know that? Humility always moves God's hands. When you say, God, I'm up for anything you have for me. God, I don't want to be full of myself. I want to be full of you. Truth is, I think God finds that irresistible. I think he finds humility irresistible. Because it's an open door for him to do what he wants to do in you. Stand with me. Have you ever received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever given your heart to Christ completely, fully, everything? Just, just, you know? Are you in a place where, where you've given your heart to Christ, but man, you're, calling, you're really calling all the shots? You know what I mean? You're not going to let anything kind of like change. I mean, you've got this thing and you've got your fire insurance and that's enough. But you're not going to let go. You're, you're not going to come to this place where you think you're going to lose control. Right? 
I want you to know that God's a gentleman. I've never seen him do anything that would violate you, violate me. But how many of us know that we have to simply trust him? Yeah? Kind of like mom said, yeah, look, it's, it's okay, come with me. But I don't know that's a dark place. I don't know. Or that's a place that I've never been before. Just follow me. Here, I got your hand. I got you. It's trust. It's childlike trust. It's childlike trust. We're going to worship. I want you to come to the altar. You receive every gift from God in the same way. The same way you receive salvation, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You go to Him and you ask. Okay? One thing I would say is that He begins to move in you. Begin to speak the things that He says to you. Okay? Just do it. Just do it. In faith. In faith. It's not going to make sense to you to the natural mind. Okay? But we do know this. It's in the Scripture. It's in the Bible. People uh, crazy people like the Apostle Paul and Peter and James and John and, and, and uh, you know, they received. They received and God used them. Okay? These altars are open for you, for any purpose, any need. We've got time today.